Hi, my name is Steve Thomas, lead pastor of the First Baptist Church of Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged as together we open God's Word and consider how it applies to our lives. Praise God. How's everybody doing today? Amen. It's good to see you all today in church. Just place this here. You're probably looking at me and saying you're not Gary Templeton. I know Pastor Steve is actually away today, him and his family, uh, Miss Julie and their children and spouses are um, enjoying their Thanksgiving holiday, and obviously many as you know, um, our dear Gary Templeton uh, is, is out today, and uh, he was hoping to be back, but still in recovery, so please, please continue to pray for his uh, recovery, and uh, here he's doing well, but uh, under doctor's orders, I believe it's time for him to get some rest, and so... Uh, please be uh, continuing to keep him in prayer, and also our pastors, uh, Pastor Steve, as he comes back, and 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 Julie as they as they return. Uh, but you've got a third string pitcher. We've called to the bullpen, and you've got me today, if that's all right. So hopefully you came today um, expecting the word. I believe God's going to speak to us today. Uh, would you turn your Bibles, if you can, to Genesis chapter three? I just want to share um, a thought from the scripture, Genesis chapter three, verses one. Through 13, we'll read out of the English Standard Version today, and it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. Uh, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. And I just want to skip ahead after uh, some of the repercussions or consequences or curses that, that God put on the earth and into mankind. He says right here in verse 21, And the Lord God made Adam... Uh, made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed him. And I want to preach uh, and, and share a talk and a message that I believe the Lord put in my heart today. Uh, who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much just for this opportunity to share and to discover and to explore the Word of God in depth today, God. And we just pray that you would speak through these lips of clay God, an imperfect man speaking to uh, your people today. I pray that you, God, would be perfected, that you would be lifted up. And um, God, we just ask that as we leave this place, we'd be uh, 
hungering for more of you. We'd be burning uh, for more of your presence. God, we'd be um, more in love with Jesus. God, we'd be more heartbroken over the lost, and we would, God, be more in tune with what your vision and purpose is for our lives. God, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said Amen. Amen. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you. As Jonathan mentioned earlier, we do have our youth night this Friday night. I'm very excited about that. And obviously, a lot of great things are happening around the holidays. But let's not forget uh, the priority of being in God's house, hearing God's word, sharpening one another. And so thank you for making it to church today. I know sometimes uh, it can be busy around these holiday season, but uh, we want to make sure that we don't forget the reason for the season, right? Uh, it's everything we have to be thankful for is in Christ. It's not just an American holiday that we've kind of christened to um, on, on old days of past, but really this is a holiday that we say thank you God for what you've given us in every season. And also the Christmas season is about Christ, amen. And so I know it's always about uh, so many extracurricular things and those things are great. And we want to have joy and we want to have fun, but we also want to make sure that our hearts and our, 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 our time, our talent, our treasure is still continuing to build the kingdom. Amen. And I believe that's what Jesus said he's building. He says, I'm going to build my church. And so this is what God is building. If you'll be a part of that, I believe God's going to build your house as well. Um, how many of you guys are like impulse shoppers? Anybody an impulse shopper? I know I am, man. I'm telling you, I'm an impulse shopper. I, I go into a store looking for shoes. I walk out with a shirt and a new pants. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the type of guy, like, anything I see on the rack, I'm like, I need that too. But I came in for this, you know? And my wife is always trying to get me to, to not go into Publix when I'm hungry because I walk in looking just for basic necessities. I walk out with gummy bears and Doritos, you know, instead of actually buying uh, vegetables and, and rice and beans, what we need. And so uh, some of us are impulse shoppers, right? We'll go and we'll see something on the shelf and, you know, maybe we were looking for a nice pair of jeans that we needed, but we walked out with a t-shirt. I know sometimes I just walk out with something because I came to the store, I'm going to get me something, right? I got money to spend and it's coming out of my pocket no matter what. And so sometimes we'll buy things that we don't need or things that don't fit simply because we have this urge uh, to spend. How many of you guys have ever tried to do that you've tried to make something fit that actually won't fit yeah some of us I know I know women do this right you know what I'm saying you buy that you buy that dress about one size too small just to make sure because you told everybody you were a size six so you got to make sure you fit in that size six come on somebody uh, uh, but men we do this too now you know what I'm saying like I remember I bought a South Carolina baseball hat uh, you know in college that was like a size too small because it was the only hat you know they had of South Carolina and I was like well I'm gonna Gamecock fan I'm gonna buy my hat and so I just had to buy this hat and it was like not even fitting so my head hurts after like wearing it twice so I just like you know threw it away it's like uh, I remember in college over peer pressure I had to have a Lacoste sweater. Anybody know Lacoste brand? It's like, you know, kind of preppy brand. And so, you know, everyone's kind of got impressed by the, the, the clothes that you wear. And so, you know, if you have a Lacoste sweater, hmm, you must have some money or you must, you know what I'm saying? Like, you must have a membership at the country club, which I didn't. Okay, I'm more of a Travis Strick country club type guy. You know what I'm saying? Like country music and, and cowboy boots, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't exactly uh, have the country club membership, but I have a, a redneck membership, right? You just kind of, you know, just, hey, I don't really know, like, what I'm doing here. I'm not really belong here. I just, I just showed up in boots, you know? So, but, but I was that type of guy. I kind of wanted to impress, right? I kind of wanted to, to show people what I could do and and so I went and bought this Lacoste sweater that didn't fit, right, and wore it a few times and wasted $170. Come on, he said, ouch. Yeah, 
I mean, it, it really hurt, but it was something I was trying to fit into that I didn't actually fit into. You see, the reality is, is that we are designed to walk into relationship with God. Sometimes we buy things even for our kids, right? We buy them clothes that don't fit yet, right? We try to buy clothes that they can maybe grow into, and sometimes they look a little, you know, out of sorts, right, with their uh, frumpy clothes, and so it's something that we're hoping that they'll grow into because we don't want to, you know, spend the money each and every year, and, and that's a smart thing to do, by the way, but the point is, is that sometimes we can actually not fit into uh, what we've paid for, and I believe that the reality truly, truly is that as God's design for us is to walk in relationship with him and to experience the fullness of heaven uh, on earth. The Bible says that Jesus, while he was praying before the cross, he said, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's God's plan for our life. When God set Adam and Eve in the garden, he set them on this earth. He didn't set them in a dungeon. He didn't put them in a desert and he didn't put them in a pit. He put them in a garden. He put them in this beautiful utopia. He placed man and woman in an amazing opportunity. This is a picture of the kingdom of God. This is a picture of heaven that God desires a relationship to walk. The Bible says in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve, he desires to have fellowship with you. He desires to talk with you, to give you a purpose. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29 11 that he gives you a hope and a future and that God's plans for you are to, to prosper you. And sometimes as Christians, I don't want us to get it twisted. Obviously, it doesn't mean as we become a Christian or become saved or we become a follower of God or a follower of Jesus that everything is going to be prosperous, but God will cause our soul to prosper and God will cause our lives to prosper. And that doesn't necessarily mean financially. It doesn't always mean we won't get sick because we're under the curse of sin, but it does mean that God's plan for our life and God's picture for us is to be in relationship with him, to be whole, to be complete. Why else would he bring us to heaven and give us a new body, a new resurrection life, and have a perfect eternity with him forever? That is uh, God's goal, his plan, his ultimate redemptive plan for us. And so in this garden, we see Adam and Eve making a choice uh, to take the fruit that was forbidden, the forbidden fruit of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Adam uh, Eve takes the, the fruit, she eats it, and she gives to her husband, and he eats it, and then he blames her, and she blames the serpent. But at the end of the day, I want us to pinpoint two uh, very specific scriptures, one, the latter being in verse 21, but the first being in uh, Genesis 3, verse 7, he says, Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. It's actually Adam and Eve... Uh, after they um, ate this fruit and they sinned, they immediately saw that they were naked and they saw that they needed to be clothed. And so what they do, they grab some fig leaves and they kind of strung them together and they didn't do, I guess what you said, there's not going to be any sewing involved, right, with this, with, this, uh, with this quilt making, but this blanket making, but they did something like that, similar, right? They're just sewing stuff together and they're, and they're making a little uh, bathing suit for themselves so they could kind of cover up. And see, the truth is we need to actually get back to God's design because what happens in verse 21 is the Bible says that God made clothes for them. He made skins and he took a lamb or the all for we know this is first death of an animal. And he took that animal's skins and he clothed them with his garments. See, God's design for us is not for us to have to clothe ourselves. It's not for us to have to cover up our sins, but God provides a way 
And God's plan and his design is love. His design is peace. His design is joy. I believe that in, even in Hollywood, you've seen as they get questioned, celebrities, right? They're on the red carpet or maybe at the Grammys or the Academy Awards. You've always seen where they ask uh, the celebrity, right? They say, hey, uh, who are you wearing? I love this dress. Uh, who is that by, right? And, and they always ask this question, who are you wearing? Because they're trying to find out the designer of the outfit. They're trying to find out who designed this cloth. Cloth, And I want us to ask the question today, who are you wearing? It's a question I believe we should ask daily. And I want us to consider this for a moment that we should ask the question as we wake up each morning, who am I wearing? Come on, look at somebody next to you. Say, who are you wearing? Come on, maybe your spouse came in today and they had a grumpy attitude on the way to church. Ask them, say, who are you wearing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe you need to ask your child when they give you um, a little back talk, right? Uh, who are you wearing today? Uh, maybe uh, before you're about to, um, you know, really like uh, give it to your, your coworker and really uh, give them a bad attitude or really tell them off, right? You should ask yourself, who am I wearing? It's a question that we can ask each and every day. I believe it's so practical for us to say, who am I wearing today? Who am I actually wearing? Am I wearing what God designed for me? Am I speaking? Am I acting according to how Christ would have me act? Who are you wearing? Are you wearing Christ? In a moment of sadness, are you wearing a garment of praise? In a moment of thankfulness, are you picking up that garment of praise? Are you wearing an attitude of joy? Are you wearing and putting on faith? Are you clothing yourself in worry? Each and every day we must wake up, we have to put on clothes. We have to kind of piece an outfit together. Sometimes it takes longer than others, but most of us, we need to understand. But before we put on our physical clothes, our spiritual clothing must be Christ. That's what the Bible says. He says that we must clothe ourselves in Christ. We need to rediscover and pursue God's design. He's the great designer for our lives. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in Psalm 139. He created and spoke the galaxies and the stars into the heavens and existence. And he spoke and took a piece of dust and clay, breathed into it, and he breathed the life of man. He took from that rib and he made a woman. Before we were woven together in our mother's womb, the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1, that God knew us and he formed us and he shaped us and he molded us. He's an amazing designer. Everything we see and God's design is a better design than our default. God's design of love, God's design of kindness, God's design of humility, his design of joy, his design is greater than our default. I believe that practically you're saying, well, Phil, I don't know what you're talking about. It sounds really cool. I'd love to put on Jesus, but I don't really know what that means. It sounds super weird to put on somebody else. And I'm not talking about putting on his skin. We're talking about putting on his garment, putting on his cloth, that fabric. And what are those fabrics? What is that cloth? How do you know that you're putting on Christ? Well, number one, you know, by the words that you speak. We're talking about spiritually speaking. What is the clothing of Christ? It is the words that we speak. It's the actions that we do each and every day. And before we walk through this day, Monday through Sunday, Bible says that we must take up our cross daily 
and follow me. What does that mean to take up our cross? It means to say, today, I'm going to follow Jesus. Today, I'm going to declare the word of God. Today, I'm going to actually hold my tongue when I want to be angry. And I'm going to speak love. And I'm going to speak joy. I'm going to be slow to speak. And I'm going to be quick to listen, right? It's an action that we can take each and every day. I want us to not spiritualize this too much. It's a very practical principle of clothing ourselves in Christ, clothing ourselves with the power of God. You see, in Christ, Jesus... He saved us. And as we accept Christ as our Savior, we are born again into a new creation, the Bible says. And he's given us uh, the old man has gone away and the new man has come. That's what we, you know, this church, we call ourselves Baptists because we believe in the baptism of Jesus. And as we go down in the baptism of water, it's a symbol. It symbolizes what's happening spiritually on the inside that we've left our old life and we've stepped into a new life. Right. And so the Bible says in Romans 13, just to say this, he says, in verse 14, clothe yourselves with Christ. Galatians 3 and 27, clothe yourselves with Christ. Colossians 3 and verse 12, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And in Colossians chapter 3, verse 14, clothe yourselves with love. It's a clothing that we must apply daily, clothing ourselves with the nature of God. Because even though, you know, we're in Christ, the Bible says, that Paul in Romans, he was conflicted over this principle of him being in Christ, but also acting out in the flesh. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've been in a place where you, you, you declare and say you're a child of God, but you, know, you, you say things that you don't really mean. Or you, know, you get in an argument with your spouse, or maybe you, you, um, you tell a lie because you're trying to protect something, and you're saying, man, how can this be, this conflict of I'm supposed to be in, a Christian in Christ, but I've made a mistake, or I've acted out of the flesh, and I believe it's a decision we must make daily to clothe ourselves. And we have to understand, who am I wearing today? Am I going to wear the garment of Christ? Am I going to wear the righteousness of God today? Or am I going to just go by default and kind of go with what feels good out of the flesh? I want to give you two points to walk away with today uh, before uh, we leave. But I, I want you to, if you're taking notes, maybe you just write these down just to kind of help us um, ponder and to, to look at at a further date. How do we know which fabrics to use? How do we distinguish the fabric of God or, you know, this, this clothing of Christ? I believe there's two ways we can understand who are we wearing and distinguish that. And number one is this. The enemy clothes in guilt, but God clothes in grace. It's the enemy that clothes in guilt. Adam and Eve, their first reaction to their eyes being open was guilt, shame. And they wanted to, to hide themselves. They, they began to put these fig leaves together and guilt. It was, believe, I believe, the first you know, feeling of guilt on the earth, right? I mean, they were in this perfect relationship with God. And all of a sudden, they realized what they had done. Their eyes were open and they had this feel, feeling of shame. Many of us, that's what happens when we sin. Or maybe when we see others sin, right? Our first response is shaming them. Our first response may be guilt. And it's something saying, hey, man, like, I, I don't really feel good about what I've done. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing per se, uh, our initial reaction. It's a human reaction. But we must understand that guilt is not what God came to give us. God did not come to give us guilt. He came to give us grace. And that's his plan. His redemptive plan for us was never for us to sit in a place of shame, but it was a place for us to live unashamed because Jesus became guilty so that we could become clothed in grace. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians that he became sin for us, right? So that we might become the righteousness 
of God in Christ Jesus. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit, their eyes were open. They, op- they realized they were naked. But in Genesis chapter 2, what's so interesting is that they were naked, the Bible says, and were unashamed. There's this difference in Genesis chapter 2 of them walking in relationship with God, unashamed of their nakedness. All of a sudden in Genesis chapter 3, they saw they're naked and they're, and they're ashamed now. This transition happens because our first response to sin is to try to make a covering. You know, it's like when you've got a pair of jeans and you rub a hole in them and you're first, you just try to put a patch on there. But eventually the patch is going to tear and we've got to understand we've got to have a new pair of jeans. In the same way, in a very simple way, we've got to have a new body. We've got to have a new creation on the inside of us. And some of us say, man, how can I get that? It's by having a relationship with Christ. It's by waking up each day, even in Christ, and saying, I'm going to choose him today. I'm going to choose the clothes of Christ. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, he says, the same way that you've received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean each and every day I have to get saved again, Right? As we receive Christ once and for all, we're saved. We're new, newborn believers, and we're walking with him each and every day. But each day, we must make a decision to walk in him the same way we received him. But how did we receive Christ? By grace, through faith. And so each and every day, we must make a decision to walk in Christ by grace, through faith, not walking and works. And you can just look at the entire New Testament. Paul spends his entire uh, epistles speaking about works and grace. The book of James, the book of Peter, they are all talking about us trying to make it happen ourselves and correct the wrongs or allowing Christ's work on the cross to be the finished work. Amen. That's the decision we must make in our spirit, in our soul, saying today I'm waking up and I'm clothing myself with Christ. I'm not clothing myself saying I've got, to, uh, I've got to do this on my own. Or I'm not going to put here and say, you know, um, this Christian life today that I'm living is going to be based on my performance. But it's based on the perfection of Christ. It's based on Jesus' blood for me. And that's what it means to put on Christ. It means to say, God, I want to not just walk in you, but I want to walk in you as I have received you. You know, it's like putting a Band-Aid on something that actually requires surgery. And some of us, we, we, we need to realize that sin is not just an outward scar, but it's not just a bruise or a scratch. Sin is more than a scratch. It's a cancer. And it's something that we must have surgically removed. Sin is not something that, that anyone can just you know, correct. I mean, you're no match for sin. Sin is going to be something that creeps at the door. Sin is something that will steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy is coming to... to to take us. And, and literally, we're in a place of, of weakness. The Bible compares us to lambs. <laughs> Do you know how defenseless lambs are? They're awful. They're half, most of them are blind, right? They can't see. They can hardly know where they're going. I mean, the Bible really talks about us as sheep in a way that says, man, we are literally just lambs. And there's a wolf that's coming. But the Bible says that we serve the great shepherd. And it's the perfect picture that Christ protects his lambs and he provides for us. He provides shelter, protection. He provides food. He provides everything that we need. Sin is not something that we can just graze over. It's something that we must deal with in the heart. And so today the great physician is asking, can I, can I perform surgery? Can I do something that's going to completely give you a new heart? You see, we as Christians, as we walk in Christ, are not just a group of self-help, um, you know, inspirational uh, speak- speakers, right? This is not about behavior modification. It's about a heart transformation. 
And so today, please don't get me wrong, today we're not saying put on Christ and do these behaviors and you'll be like Christ. We're saying change your heart. Understand that if you're open to Christ, his life and his redemptive blood will give you a whole new heart, a whole new life. And then you'll begin to walk out those actions, speak out those words by grace through faith. It's a transformation that happens from the inside out. Some of us, we say, well, you know, I mean, People already have seen what I've done. You know, the reason why Adam and Eve felt ashamed is they were like, maybe someone is going to see my nakedness. And so many of us, we may walk through our Monday through Sunday or our, you know, Monday through Friday with this experience of saying, I don't want others to see, you know, where I'm wrong or where I've sinned. or I don't want them to know about my past life. And it's not, we're not here, obviously, uh, to, to glorify our B.C., our before Christ, but we are to use it as a testimony to say, man, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. We've got to be able to turn our uh, we've got to be able to turn our sin into a message, our our mess into a message, and we've got to be able to turn uh, things that we used to do into an opportunity to tell others about Christ. Amen. So I do believe this. I believe the enemy clothes us in guilt. We're 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 ashamed of the past, but God clothes us in grace. And secondly, today, uh, man's default is to hide. God's design was to provide. Man's default was immediately, as soon as they found out they were naked, God says, where are you, Adam and Eve? Adam says, I'm here. We were hiding. (laughs) We were afraid to see you. Um, We knew that we had disobeyed. But God, his reaction, obviously he cursed the ground. He cursed the snake. He cursed, you know, the man. He cursed the woman and said, hey, listen, you're going to have to work hard, and you're going to have to have a hard childbirth, and the, the ground is going to be cursed. There's a curse that came over the, the, the world, but he also said, you're going to bruise the serpent's uh, uh, heel. He's going to bruise your heel, but you're going to crush his head, and you're going to actually, your seed, woman, even though you go through childbirth, your seed is going to give birth to Jesus, to the Messiah, and, and that seed, as he prophesied, was going to, to crush the enemy. And God, in that moment, provided a way for us to escape this. He wasn't casting Adam and Eve out of the garden for good. He was casting them out, but also providing an opportunity for them to come back into that spiritual relationship with him. So as he casts them out of this physical garden, he's also providing a way for the spiritual garden to be opened. A garden where we can walk in relationship with Jesus daily. That's why he gave us his Holy Spirit. When he rose from the grave, the Bible says that I'm going away so that I can send you the Holy Spirit. Jesus could only be in one place at one time. And he says, it's better that I go away so that, I can, that the Holy Spirit can be with you. Because he could be with everybody at, at, at the same time. And so today you're saying, well, how can I accept Christ? Or how can I you know, uh, develop a prayer or, or put on Christ? It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit will give us the power that we need to walk in this. It's the power we need to clothe ourselves in Christ. Just as we said uh, just as you've received Christ, so walk in him by grace through faith. Many of us today, we even have the opportunity to hide. And I, I, would, I would imagine some of us are hiding. I've, there's moments in my life in daily where I'm hiding. And maybe you're listening today on a podcast that we're starting up. Or maybe you're in this room this morning and you are in a place of hiding, a place where um, you're, unash- you're uh, uh, ashamed to live 
as, as God has made you. You're ashamed to live in repentance or to live or to rest in Christ. It's interesting to note, though, that Adam hid from God, because that's our default, is to hide. But Jesus, in God's provision, took the place of hiding in the tomb so that we might be revealed in Christ. And the greatest part about this is the Bible says to Paul, he tells us that we are now hidden in Christ. Jesus was hidden in the tomb so that we could be hidden in him so we don't have to hide anymore from who God made us to be, from this relationship with God. Some of us have this incorrect view of God that he is waiting to correct us at every moment. And just, yes, like a father, he is ready to, to, you know, he's going to take care of us. He's going to correct things that need to be corrected. But God's ultimate view of you is a father who loves a son. It's ultimate view, and some of us maybe can't even see that, but it's the ultimate view of someone who has the best in mind for you at all times. And if we'll begin to see God in this way, that his provision, he, he actually, he's not afraid of our hiding. He's not, and even in the scripture, God, as he's asking, where are you, was not unaware where Adam and Eve were. He knew where they were, and even in their hiding, decided to make provision for their sin. You know, my son, many of you may know, he's five years old, and um, he has kind of what's called a sensory processing disorder. He has like a, a real niche, an itch to just kind of get pressure and sensory things. He loves the pool and he loves to go on the swing set and he just loves like all type of stuff that would make me completely dizzy. You know, it's just like he's on the j- jump and trampoline for hours, like an hour, like he'll jump in the trampoline spot, you know, and like he just loves to kind of squeeze in between tight spaces. And one of his favorite things to do is to get in like the AC closet, like close it over himself. And it's like he's in this like little small closet or maybe he'll like throw the covers over his head and kind of, you know, grind in between the bed and the wall. Uh, sometimes he loves to just kind of hide in these little, the, the couch cushions. I mean, he just loves to hide. He loves to kind of get in this place where he feels cramped up, you know. And I'm just like, man, I feel claustrophobic if I was doing all those things, you know. Um, but my son loves to get in these small places. He loves to hide. He loves to to feel this pressure because he loves the way it feels. It makes him feel safe. It's this sensory thing that I can't always understand that, that his nervous system is able to kind of re, you know, recuperate as he's you know, doing these you know, pressurized types of things. And so those sensory uh, uh, actions actually help provide a little bit of safety and security for him. In the same way, many of us, uh, we are uh, in a place of hiding spiritually because we like how it makes us feel. It's hard for us to be real with others, maybe when we're on our life groups or small groups. It's hard for us to be real with friends in Christ uh, because, frankly, it makes us feel safe. It's a little bit hard for us to tell the truth about what's really going on on the inside of our lives, whether that's sin, whether that's a struggle, whether that's a worry or a doubt or a fear. I believe anytime God looks at us, he doesn't look at our sin. He looks if we're wearing Christ. And so in our weakness and in our, in, our, in our place of hiding, we should not be at a place where we say, God, I'm not sure that you're going to accept me or friends, I'm sure that you're going to judge me. Uh, we should be in a place where we're saying, you know what, I'm hidden in Christ. I'm wearing Christ today. And so I'm at a place where I don't have to be afraid of what people are going to say about me because Ultimately, God has redeemed that part of my life. Or even if I'm in a a situation of struggle or a situation of sin right now, I'm not going to choose to continue to put on the mask. 
And some of us, we say, well, what is that mask? It, does it, it feels kind of unnatural, Phil. You're asking me to put on love. You're asking me to put on humility. You're asking me to put on a, a kind face or a smile <laughs> when I wake up. And I don't actually necessarily feel those things. I might be going through sickness in my body. I might be going through disappointment on the daily. And the decision is not for you to put on this mask of Christ, right? It's not to put on this facade. Well, I'm a Christian, praise God. Everything's going to be fine. How are you doing today? Blessed and highly favored. Amen. God bless you. When really there are things going on on the inside, it's not to put on a mask of Christ. It's truly to put, take off a mask, right, of the facade of this earth that we have to hide our feelings. We have to hide our emotions. We have to hide our struggles or our sins. It's taking that off and completely being who we are in Christ, which is redeemed. It's the story that the angels cannot sing. It's the song that they can't sing. It's the story that they'll never be able to tell that I once was lost, but now I'm found. That I was blind, but now I see, yes, I have struggled with this. Yes, I am struggling with this. But Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he's still working on me. That's our testimony, but the blood of Jesus. And when we put on Christ, we're putting on the mentality of saying, God, I am no longer someone who can do this by myself. I'm not going to pretend and tell a, a, a lie to somebody and say, hey, everything's okay in my small group. And I'm not just going to tell uh, my pastor that, hey, everything's all right. I'm going to be honest. And it doesn't mean speaking out death, right? And just speaking out, well, man, everything is terrible. And I lost my job and lost my wife. And I don't know how much I'm going to go any further in this life because, you know, like I just nothing seems to be going my way. Sometimes we feel that way and sometimes those situations happen, but our joy and our peace and our hope is found in Christ. You know what? I might have lost my job, but God's my provider. I might have been sickness in my body, but God is my healer. I might have a situation that came against me that I don't understand, but God is my banner. He goes before me. We've got to make the declarations that I'm going to put on Christ. I'm going to put on a garment of praise, even though I don't have anything to be thankful for in the last month because it's been a very struggled month. But hey, I'm going to put on Christ today and I'm going to put on a, a garment of praise. You know, I might be in a situation where I might have lost a loved one, but you know what? God is my resurrection in my life. That's about putting on Christ. It's the declaration that we have from our lips. It's the actions that we speak each and every single day. It's taking off the mask of what the enemy would like us to hide in. And it's taking that off and saying, God, I once was lost, but now I'm found. By your grace, I'm going to make it today. Not because of my good works and not because of my good deeds. It's because of who you are. Amen. Man's default. Amen. You can give God praise. That's all right. I mean, it's not for me, but it's it's for our God. And that's what he's doing in us today. It's a testimony that we should say, man, I'm not going to hide any longer in facades. or I'm not going to hide any longer in trying to put up a front, but I'm going to actually wear Christ. today. I'm going to put on Christ. Who are you wearing this morning? Are you wearing Christ? Are you clothing yourselves in love and compassion? As I land this airplane today, I want us to remind ourselves, Luke chapter 24, of this incredible story. I just want to reel off a couple of scriptures here to understand this principle of clothing. Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what happened. Matthew 22, Jesus gives a uh, parable about the man who went to a wedding but didn't have a wedding garment on didn't have the right clothes on. And the Bible says he was cast out of the wedding party, you know. 
he showed up to every wedding and everyone's in tux and he walks in with sandals and shorts and, and they cast him out. The wedding garment, the cloth, is the cloth of salvation. It's the garment of righteousness. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10, he says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God. Watch this. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest in a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. You see, when Jesus rose from the grave, he didn't need his old clothes anymore. The Bible says in John chapter 20, verse 6 through 10, I believe I have this on the screens. This, John chapter 20, he says, Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Notice this in verse 7. And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded in a place by itself. Simon Peter and the disciples, they went to the tomb, and Peter looked inside and actually went in there and said, man, there's some clothes still sitting here. What, what's happening? Like, I don't understand. And this face cloth that had been over Jesus' face was folded in a place by itself. It's such a beautiful picture of the resurrection. It's such a beautiful picture of God's redemptive plan for us that he took himself, the Bible says, and he became sin for us. He is the lamb, the Bible says, that was slain before the foundation of the world. He was the skins. He was the garment that God provided for Adam and Eve. In the same way that God provided covering for them, he covers our sin through his death, burial, and resurrection. And in the same way, Jesus is showing us, listen, if you're going to walk in me, if you're going to walk in resurrection, if you're going to walk and wear me, you're going to wear Christ. If you're going to live uh, how I've truly given you life to live, you've got to put the old clothes behind. You got to leave your old self. You got to leave your old mentality of pride. You got to leave your old mentality of trying to look out for number one. You've got to leave that, that way of thinking. You've got to put on compassion. You've got to put on love. You've got to put on humility. You've got to leave the old mentality of, 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 of racism. You've got to leave the old mentality of, of, a, of a poverty mindset saying we're never going to have enough. You've got to put on the, 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 the mindset of Christ saying, you know what, my God is more than enough. And he's got the cattle on a, a thousand hills. God's going to provide everything that we need. We're not going to be people that speak negatively. We're not going to be people that, that, that have an, an, old, an old mentality of saying, well, we've got just what we need. And we've got all, you know, all that God's given us is all we're going to have. Maybe we're going to say, you know what? I believe God's got more for us. He's going to win more souls to the kingdom. I believe he's got a mission for our lives, right? It's not just me and my four no more, but it's saying I've got a purpose on this earth. And I believe God's called me to win the lost. It's taking that old man, leaving it in the grave and saying, I'm going to put on this new cloth, this new cloth of Christ. What are those things? It's principles of the kingdom of it saying, you know what, God, I'm going to put you first. And I believe everything else is going to fall into place. It's saying, I'm going to wear Christ today in my emotions. I'm going to wear Christ in my speech. Everything I say and do is going to be to give God glory. I'm going to be a person that wears Christ today. I'm going to be a person that, that wears what God designed for me, not by what I just feel. Monday morning, you might feel tired, but God has put you on your job to wear Christ. 
And it's not about a Christian t-shirt. I know some of us, we think, well, man, I got to go buy some Christian t-shirts if I'm going to wear Christ. I mean, I got to go wear a WWJD bracelet if I'm going to be a testimony for the Lord. Obviously, it's not talking about our t-shirts. He's talking about the way we talk to each other. He's talking about the way that we look at hard situations, the way we react in times of tragedy. He's talking about when everyone's having a political debate, uh, where is our mindset at? Is it like Christ saying, hey, give to Caesar what's his and to God what's God's? It's not being those people that are divisive on the Internet, right? It's having a, a soft word. And that doesn't mean we don't have, you know, a mission in certain fields. But I think all of us, we need to understand that God is doing something higher. He's doing something bigger than just the temporary things of this earth. We're saying we've got to see people for who they are, souls that God loves, souls that God came to save and God came to redeem. I hope that today we can understand and ask ourselves, who am I wearing? Am I wearing Jesus? Am I wearing and clothing myself with Christ? I want you to bow your heads as we uh, close this service today. Thank you for taking the time to be in the house of God. I believe that Jesus changed his clothes because he wanted to demonstrate the transition, demonstrate, demonstrate being clothed in resurrection power, being clothed in glory. And that's what God has for each and every one of us today. Maybe you come into this room, you say, man, I don't know if I can like actually, you know, um, I don't know if I can actually be wearing Christ's clothes. I don't know if I can put on righteousness because I've, I've, I've got some really bad stuff going on in my life today. And as every head bowed and every eye closed, no one's looking around. I believe God wants to speak directly to you if that's you today. The Bible does say that your righteousness is as filthy rags. And so maybe you come in and you say, I got some really dirty clothes, uh, Phil. I don't really know that God would accept me the way I am. And today I want you to be reassured that Jesus Christ is not looking for you to provide for yourself. He has already provided a way for you to receive new life and to you to have a fresh start today. And it's not to say, well, man, I came to church today um, because, you know, somebody drugged me or somebody made me come or maybe someone invited me and I just didn't really go here, but I'm just here to appease them. Maybe it's your first time in the house of God today. Maybe not. Maybe you haven't been in a while. That's okay. Hey, God's arms are wrapped around you today saying, I love you. I've got a purpose for your life. I've got a plan for you. I want to clothe you in love. I want to put a ring on your finger, a robe on your back, sandals on your feet. I've got a new plan for your life. Thanks for joining us today. If this message spoke to you, consider sharing it with a friend or on social media. Just tag us at First Baptist Del Rey. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to fbcdelray.com. Hope to see you again next time. God bless.